people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn it the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboy! So worried something's gonna shatter. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast, and here's your host, Derek McCaw. Thank you, Nate. This is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting once again, gratefully, live from Seven Stars Bar and Grill in San Jose, California, at 398. Bascom Avenue, do stop by and enjoy. Okay, maybe when not. you can get it. When you can get it, it's that's hotly in demand. But really, you can be surrounded by fantastic Star Wars memorabilia and artwork and action the figures. The regular corn dog's actually pretty good. Yeah, we we had to stoop to that, or Rick stooped to that, and he enjoyed it. So there we go. All right, so uh, we are grateful once again to Paul Cunha for hosting us. Here tonight, though he is not here. Uh, I have introduced myself, all man in Los Angeles. I'm Nick Costa. And to my left, running the board, podcast producer and moral compass. It's not my fault when Nate cuts out Rick Brett Snyder. Uh, you, you may have to put that. I know. It's, it's, I, I think Blame you, the interwebs. I think you're like that opening of Roger, Who Framed Roger Rabbit when he runs around the kitchen screaming. That's, like, that's what I, I picture. It's the Doppler that. thing? It's the Doppler effect. Fanboy! He's around and smoke's coming out. And, yeah, you know. That's the way I picture <clears throat> Yes. And then a refrigerator drops on his head. Uh, so it is uh, March twenty sixth, Wednesday at seven ish p.m. seven twenty p.m. and we are here at what issue are we at, Nate? Three forty eight. Issue three forty. I asked Nate. Okay, uh, I was and helping I, always. So uh, we've got some comics news. We've got some movie news. Uh, one last little bit of interview from Cinequest. And some television news and a little bit of, I guess you call it, do we call them video games or just gaming? We call them mobile gaming. Mobile now. gaming. Yeah. I, I'm stuck in that old nomenclature. Yeah. Uh, so let us begin with comics. It's, it's gotten to the point where game actually means video or electronic game and you have to say tabletop for anything else. Which is weird to me because yeah. I had to, yes, I know. A table, saying tabletop is odd to me. So we'll, we'll go back to that. We're not talking about a tabletop game. We're going to be talking about a mobile game later. Yes. Uh, or as the British say, a mobile. And uh, anyway, so we're going to talk comics, and we're going to start by talk by talking about a couple series. They're not new; the issues are not new this week, but they're worth commenting upon. So we're going to talk first about we had previewed and gotten excited about F- James Robinson's run on Fantastic Four, and so I turn this over to begin talking about the first two issues, as well as the first three issues of Invaders have been out, too, from James Robinson's yes. Marvel uh, output, and really enjoying it, but I'll turn it over, since you want to talk about Fantastic Four, Rick. I love the Fantastic Four. It was really the first book I started collecting, and so I've been with it for many, 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 many years. I've never stopped buying it through thick and thin. And there were a lot of thin. I love James Robinson. I'm not loving it, loving him on Fantastic Four. 
I'm going to posit a theory. Yeah. Are you ready for this theory? Go ahead. My theory is this is an alternate universe Fantastic Four. You know, it's it'd be weird because it's already talking. They're already bringing in uh, Universe F. Yeah. Which, which is Franklin's universe from Heroes Reborn. Right. And that's why I think that and the red uniform, which nobody's commenting on or explaining. And yeah. in a letter in the back, they said, well, we thought that red would capture. It's like, no, you can't just change the uniforms without there being explanation. Well, they changed the white for a while. But they explained it. That they were self-modifying. Becoming the future foundation. Yeah. And they went to white. There is no explanation. They just are in red, and that's why I think they are an alternate universe. I didn't like the fact that the first issue starts with Sue writing about how everything will eventually go to hell. No, and no, no. I, I, Nate made the same... Sorry, Nate, I'm going to check back to you here. Uh, Nate made the same assumption there. The letter Sue is writing is from the end of the storyline. Right. So... What we're seeing is chapter one in that issue, right. and saying that no, wasn't I knew that. that wasn't an end of the day thing. That no. was an end of the storyline thing. The story but the beginning of the storyline, or, or you know, more likely from the standpoint of Marvel, that's come like three quarters of the way through the storyline. Well, true. Storyline right. catches right. up to Something that, must and everything be, reverts right. to being right. nice. Right. But in the meantime, well, just Marvel. That's just movie storytelling now. Yeah, too. yeah. So, so. But even so, I mean, like. I was really liking, I, I mean, I loved when Hickman brought it back to the family. I love the split with the Future Foundation and the Fantastic Four. I even love the fact that their powers went against them and then the explanation as to why that was with the, the multiple universes. Mm-hmm. That's why I think the multiple universes is kind of played out because they've been play, they played with that all through the last arc. Right. So I, I think this is really is, I think, the fact that they haven't commented on the red uniforms. I, you know, maybe they will, maybe they won't. But I think this is really just playing a. This is this is one of those dark times for the Fantastic Four family, and I'm. I would have liked to have seen Hickman. I mean, uh, pardon Robinson. me, Robinson. Didn't he do? Correct me. Didn't he do Justice Society for a while? He did. And I was really looking for that feel to it because that had, even though they weren't. Family, they had a family feel to it. Well, but Justice Society, and even di- even in Starlight, Star Justice Man. Justice Society and Starman are different things than their yeah. legacy, and that is not. And this is the thing. I, I was just talking to somebody about this. Oh, wasn't that what we were talking about with with Matt uh, from Love in the Time of Monsters about how what DC had was legacy, and Marvel doesn't have legacy. Yeah, they don't have the actual characters from World War II are the same characters yes. that are still around today. Without having age. It's not the fathers or... So Fantastic Four, the attempts they've made to have legacy just don't work. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's Nathaniel Richards. No, I wasn't and, talking about the legacy aspect. No, I was but talking I'm about saying, the warmth. But that's what made JSA work as a family is that you had grandfathers. I understand. You had, grand, you know, you had generations. But in this case, you have an actual family. At, but, right, but they're all ostensibly the same age. And when Fox gets done with them, they'll all be children. <laughs> so, oh, thank you, Derek. Oh, oh I just couldn't let it pass. No, I, I mean, so I, you know, when nothing, you're not enjoying this, I want you to say this nothing, to yourself. There's nothing awful about the book. The writing's the writing's good. Everything is happening is is kind of interesting. I like the but you're missing with the something Avengers, that he's simply but I'm not missing doing. the essential of the Fantastic Four that Hickman had built up and had been continued through. You're missing something. He's that's the core. That's why I buy right. the Fantastic Four. 
Okay, are you going to be one of those guys who now says, I'm not going to buy the Fantastic Four until it's... Not at all. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a codependent. Rick is in. Oh, Rick I'm, is in. I'm yeah. in for it. I, I will just have to. I will have to like buy my little pony or something to read after it. To uh, oh, they have lovely little packets of those little yeah, mini I, comics. I, I, That's I great. Yeah, I'm trying to convince my son he wants them. And or also write Ghost Rider, read Ghost Rider. Okay, we'll get to what's in the bag. We'll get to that later. We'll get to what's in the bag, and I will say uh, the no. You know, I I agree with you. It it, it 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 this run on Fantastic Four feels. So far, I'm not feeling the James Robinson magic. Yeah. I'm not feeling the things that I, at the best of James Robinson, I get. Granted, nobody is 100% out of the, out of the gate except perhaps Neil Gaiman. And, you know, there are Grant Morrison books I find unreadable. So Face it, Gaiman lives outside the gate. Yeah, to find a book by James Robinson that I'm not as enjoying as much as other James Robinson books. Yeah. I want you to say this to yourself. At least it is better than the movie that's coming. And it's not nearly as bad as Justice League Cry for Justice. Uh, so it could have been much worse. Yes. Um, and I don't blame Robinson for that. Justice. I suspect that was, that was I believe that was in, in, oh gosh, that was a panel, wasn't it? It was. Um, I believe that that was just intensely, intensely edited and manipulated. I have to, to sleep at night. The, uh, but, the, but what they're doing right, if I can talk about a series, which I think we highlighted when the first issue came out, but I, I not far to co- catch up to read the second issue the new Ms. Marvel yes I want this to go outside uh, of if you are not if you are listening to this and you're not a comics fan but you have uh, a, a teen girl find these first issues or find the trade paperback when it comes out and give it to them because so far there is no super villain there is an arc in that she is caught in the inhuman in the inhuman cloud, the Terrigen bomb, and granted powers. But the first two issues are really only are, are really dealing. I should say only because this is what's making this book so readable. Is dealing with the with the real issue of what's it like to grow up as a teen girl already feeling like a misfit because you're a teen girl with all those hormones, but you're also a Muslim-American in Jersey City, and your brother is... And we've all been there, right? Your brother is becoming a religious conservative. Parents are trying to figure out how far is it to acclimatize and to assimilate to American society without turning your back on your your own own culture. culture. And there she is. Friends of all kinds of race, creed, and color, trying to trying to hold on to her own identity, and then she's given the ability to completely change her identity. And I think that's a very interesting thing, which they're going to explore. Is like she can become the absolute duplicate of Carol Danvers, the stereotypical all-American girl, long-haired, blonde, blue-eyed, buxom, tall, and things she's not. But she's got all these things alienating herself, right? Right, and so are, so are you she reading a it? Comic book reader? Are you too? reading it? She's a she writes Avengers fanfic, uh, and uh. that and no, I mean, and that no, really no. does make sense. Yeah, sure. I teaching this age group, seeing how many it stuns me how many people are writing fanfic, and and that's not that is not a judgment. That is just like I'm surprised at how huge it is in that age group and in you know in that community. So No, I, I can totally I'm not dissing you for buying it because I that my not buying is not dissing anyone. Oh I know I, I was my bar for for, re, for adding new comics right now is pretty high because 
I had a stack today. That uh, no, I understand, but let me bank. tell. But let me tell you, it is an excellent book. Big week. My bar is is quality. I'm, yeah. I'm and I know I've got many I'm codependent on, and I'm trying to cut down. Yeah. Because I'm realizing I'm not reading them and I'm not missing them. I enjoyed the preview that I read in the Marvel Now. But it wasn't anything that grabbed me. I can see why it does you. Your, your, your background and, your, and I have a fifteen-year-old daughter. Yeah, but what sure. I but but what I what impresses me most about this is that what could easily have been an attention-grabbing thing. Oh, we're going to create a Muslim American teen Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Ooh. The fact is, it it could have been it could have been mediocre, and people would have still been like, "Oh, that's interesting." It's it's not mediocre. It's excellent writing. It is excellently believable characters. And the fact that we're two issues in and there is no villain, this first six issues is an arc of this girl. Or maybe a villain will pop up. But two issues are the beginning of an arc of a girl just trying to come to grips with this identity, this yeah. wish fulfillment. She wanted to be Ms. Marvel. That was her favorite Avenger. And as a result of the Terrigen Mist, she can become Ms. Marvel. With different powers, though. Very different powers. Well, there's still other Miss Marvel, right? Captain Marvel. Nate, you're, you're going to have to speak up a little bit. Come back in, Nate. There's still other Miss Marvel, right? Carol Danvers is still there as Captain Marvel. They're not going to throw away the concept of Captain Marvel because I am, I'm going to say on a limb now, 90% positive Captain Marvel is going to be in Avengers Age of Ultron and we just don't know who's been cast. I don't know why that caused dead silence, but it did. Um, so, uh, I, 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 I have nothing to say to that. I'm really recommending that. Um, on the DC side of things, I got nothing to say about books that came out this week because I haven't, I haven't picked up anything. But an interesting piece of news leaked out, which is that in the wake of DC announcing that they're moving all their editorial offices to the West, Diane Nelson, who is head of DC Entertainment has uh, announced that she's going to be surveying all the freelancers because what have been people's complaints been at DC about all this editorial interference, about all this, uh, you know, not really being being hired to write good stories but right. still on the dictate. Right. She is now allowing for freelancers to take an anonymous online survey and talk about their experiences working for the editorial to see what can be made better. Wow. So if this that's, is that's if, a sign of something being really bad, possibly, yeah, or no. just I will also say a sign of good management that maybe hasn't been no, focusing on that end of but things. But you do an anonymous survey means that people people are worried about retribution. Oh, I think you should always do an anonymous survey, or you're not going to get you're not going to get the truth. Yeah, you could do individual in, interviews with people if you're if if they're if you're a freelancer and you're worried about not getting there's yeah. a way there's you know in any situation there's a way of retribution not looking like retribution at all. Oh, I know. You know, you're simply not hired. Thanks. Yeah. Um. You know, Rob Liefeld could afford to. Now, I saw on Facebook today Jimmy Palmiotti uh, posted that one thing positive, and I and I I believe this too, and that's a holdover from Paul Levitz's days. I suspect is. That DC, and I like the way you put it, is like not to not to name it, call anybody else out, but DC has never hired me for a job and then paid me less. Hmm. So, and that's what I kind of hear out in the industry is that Marvel might be more stable and letting people go. They don't pay as well as DC does, which is kind of interesting. Hmm. But there you go. 
And, you know, we, we missed this, by the way, that Paul Levitz, I don't think we talked about this, Paul Levitz, who was really the guy who did so much at D.C. for creators' rights and, and making sure the crea- creators were taken care of while D.C. still owned the characters, like making sure that Marv Wolfman, uh, no, um, Len Wein was paid for Lucius Fox. You right, know, and given, right, You know, right. for being used in the movies. Um, Paul Levitz has joined the board of Boom, and now he's, good, he's an advisor there. And so, Boom Studios. I think we're gonna have you're gonna have to keep looking towards Boom. There's gonna be some major moves over there. Yeah. And in, in terms of create, creativity, creators' rights, and just continuing with quality books. But I thought the DC thing was interesting, and we'll we'll be watching this story to see what happens. And now it is time to play. I love the fact What's we were. Pl- in the back. I love that we're playing this now. Do I win something? No, you don't. No? You win the right to keep talking. Go ahead. So, Ghost Rider came out in 1974, I think. Yes. I was in high school. I remember exactly where I was on campus when I opened up. This is a weird formative moment. (laughs) And read the first issue of Ghost Rider with the Mike Plugard and the, the, the whole... Okay, I'm going to be totally nerdy on you. Yeah. Was it the first issue of Ghost Rider, or was it the seventh issue of Marvel Spotlight? It was not Marvel Spotlight. <laughs> it was the first appearance of Ghost Rider. I'm sorry, but I simply yes. had to uh, no, interject I, I, there. I just remember the character, the first time I was exposed to the character. And just like the whole the whole thing with the, the motorcycle and the fire and the, the head turning. And it was just Marvel was in, in, its, in its height of doing their monster books at that time. They already right. had Swamp Thing. They were doing Dracula. They were doing Frankenstein. My mother wouldn't let me buy any of those. Oh, the Frankenstein was so wonderful. And then you had Ghost Rider. And Ghost Rider was like the, the first Marvel original creation. And it was so original and so interesting. They were they, Wanted, was, dead, and alive. Marvel was doing stuff with, with Satan and Satan's daughter and you know, oh, the son no, no, of no, Satan. That, no, I, I think you're mistaken. That was no. retconned. Was it? No, I I, I time, agree with I you because I read I, I no I read the Marvel Essentials on yeah. the first volume of Ghost Rider because I had read a few at the time like I, and I was younger and my cousin Jeannie had bought them on a vacation she gave them to me because she's like I'm done with them and I read that and I was like what well, but it's like the first couple of issues and I accepted Satan as a fictional character but when you read like the first twenty four issues appearances of Ghost Rider yeah my. God. I mean, of course, it was the exorcist and the omen was in oh, the yeah. future and everybody was into Satanism. <laughs> it sounds like the entire country <laughs> really? was into Satanism. I thought it was fiction. What? Oh, my parents sacrificed at least three younger very siblings. Popular. Yeah, very popular. Very popular. Very popular. Ah. But that it, it, that it went so far into oh, yeah. hell. Um, <laughs> it's like, well, they, 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 he would fight cults or, and magicians. And it's amazing. It's amazing. So, so. so today we have... and But I have to say... That since that original run, I've never really been happy with the reincarnations and additional arcs that they've I done. I still say Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider works best as a tattoo, yeah. a biker gang symbol, yeah. or just a flaming skull on your bike. Well, I thought they were good. The, the original ones I thought were good stories, but I think they kind of they kind of panned out after a while. And every well, time, but also they tried to make them more. They tried to amp it up. They tried to do like what what. Uh, with um, what's his name was doing a spawn, you know. The, yeah, but once you, well, once you decide you can't actually say he sold his soul to the, the devil. Yeah, 
It's got to have some weird, twisted cosmology that explains them scientifically. Yeah, that, that's, it's not. It's not fun anymore. No, the seventies. It was okay to just say if you take Satan out of the book. It's not fun anymore. Son of Satan. No, no. I mean it's it's not fun. It's exactly. not fun. He was an Avenger too, wasn't he? He was um, a defender. I don't the know. Son of Satan. He was a defender for a long time, okay. but he might have been an Avenger. Maybe a, weird a West time. Coast Avenger. Of course. Well, you know us. Exactly. So, that's what I'm talking about. We were totally into Satanism in the 70s. We were California. <laughs> so we got Marvel Very now. Very popular. Very popular. Before Nate was born. And Your father was a priest, wasn't he? In tiny little yes. letters. Tiny little letters at the top of, of Ghost Stories is all new Ghost Rider. Something just occurred to me yes. by flashing back. The thing is, they just, they just argued and lost again the Gary Friedrich case. Oh, yeah. So they couldn't, they can't keep Gary Friedrich from, from taking credit for creating Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider. Right. So this is the first time we have a Ghost Rider that isn't. who looks nothing like. Even Danny Ketch was the same basic concept. So they could easily just attach Danny Ketch's storyline into the Johnny Blaze story in the movie with Nicolas Cage. Right. This you can't. It's a completely different Ghost Rider. The only the only connection to this is, I mean, there are elemental aspects of the fire and the face change and the burning head, but the actually, and the whole, tendency to sing in a boy band. His whole body is on fire, and but the the leather jacket does have the the white stripe that comes up and down, and that was that was no, a that boy band is not the white stripes. It is no, one direction. It is one direction. <laughs> You're going to go there, aren't you? I am. Even if I Be- keep on going away from because you, they you're dragging well, me back. This is in. an interesting fact. It is the character is modeled after one of the members of One Direction. Don't ask me which one because that's more than I cared to know. Well, but he flew to the Marvel offices and visited them and looked at his art, at the art, and approved the likeness. Approved of the likeness. It's not a legal thing. Well, you his can name make... is Robbie Ray's. That's not. There's okay. no Robbie. He's, Ray. he's obviously Latino, and he's got he's got this incredible um, white stripe in the top of his head from uh, which we because he's Jason Salazar's he's Jason illegitimate Salazar. son. Exactly. Um, I did. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit before. The, uh, the feed just dropped out for a second. Are you Are you back though? Did you? See? Yeah. Well, I think so. Okay. Uh, who is a One Direction character? The The character who is the um, Ghost Rider. Who is Ghost Rider? He is modeled physically after one of the members of One Direction, who is apparently a very oh, amazing, big, legitimate comic book fan, and so it's not as horrible as it sounds. Because as I was telling Rick before the podcast is, those five guys all actually had intentions to be something else before they went on to X Factor. So I have some respect that they, you know, they broke up for a while. <laughs> they disbanded so they could pursue other things, including education. One went to join a football team until they stomped his butt on the field and he came running back. And then they reunited sooner than they said they would. But, I mean, you know, come on. If you're 17 and they say, we're going to make you a star, of course you're going to do it. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read all the... That doesn't make you a bad person unless you're Justin Bieber. I haven't read all the stuff in the back. There's like a whole page of additional stuff about this this version, but I don't and see And there's anybody. a One Direction CD. The creative team is all like people I've not heard. Philippe Smith, Trad... Are you sure it's not Philippe? Trad Moore, Felipe Smith. F, well, yeah. Felipe Smith, Trad Moore, uh, Nelson Daniel, and Val Staples. Um, so... The, the the one one thing about this book is you look at the first page it's it's kind of concept art with with race cars and speedometers yeah yeah and then second and third pages are are a complete spread which is just like 
the words Ghost Rider Engines of Vengeance Part 1 with a... Does with, that feel like that would be awesome on animated on Comixology? Maybe. But, and maybe that's what they're doing? But that's the first three pages of this like 17-page story that kind of... Uh, on the fourth page is a spinning wheel. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, actually, I was really happy with the art. The art, oddly enough, this strikes me as being like a comic book version, and especially the race scenes in this, of the Speed Racer movie. But not, not quite as kinetic and, and super poppy color. No, but you have me. You have but, me with that description. Yeah. And then the, and can we hear this up so I can go get it? And he's not, he's not on a motorcycle. He's in a muscle car, which is, again, that speaks to my, my upbringing, which I was all muscle cars in high school and college. So, um, yeah, like this scene right here, this is the opening race, race scene. That's like, that could be a breakdown for Speed Racer. Or it could be a breakdown for um, Need for Speed or Fast and oh, Furious. Yeah, Tokyo Drift. Oh, you know, I'm going to go with it. Yeah. I mean, but I go with Speed Racer as well because we love and Speed Racer. There's a Speed Racer reference in it at once. Oh, then we, oh, please don't because I love Speed Racer. Anyway, Nate, what's in your bag? I have no bag. Superior Spider-Man number 30. Yes. Part 4 of Goblin Nation. It's part four, and since none of you have read it, I will avoid all spoilers and just say it's good. Thank you. <laughs> Is Thank it moving you. towards anything in particular? Can you see? Uh, oh, can, yes. It's yeah. definitely moving towards something particular. I will say this. It is 20 pages of story, and then you have the entire Black Widow number one also included in the back of the book. Was it an extra cost? It's three ninety nine, so I think that's the same price. However, of the twenty pages, there are three double page spreads. Okay. Huh. So, are they good double page disappointing. spreads? Disappointing. Then maybe. I mean, yeah, they're good. But I think but they're Mar- not things that couldn't have been done on one page. Right. Uh-huh. Put more story in there. I think Marvel should do more of this. I I like the idea. I mean, I was going to buy Superior Spider Man number thirty anyway. But because I haven't bought Black Widow number one, maybe picking that up might make me be interested in pursuing the Black Widow series. I'd like to see more of that kind of cross-promotion happening because it's not costing them any extra to put it in the back of the book. It cost us a couple pages of Spider-Man. Well, okay, but you got 20 pages of, you know, of Natasha. Yeah. You can do this one. Which is funny because... I thought that, too, when I first picked it up. I thought, oh, maybe I'll read that. And then I just stopped reading it at the end of the Spider-Man story. Yes. Um, There you go. So Rick is kindly handing one over to me to talk about. But I I can't. uh, But I I don't know the interior. But today, this is the book I'm looking forward to most. Silver Surfer, number one. uh, From uh, Dan Slott and Mike Allred. Oh, i just looking at this cover. It's beautiful. And not understanding where he's got this girl. It is, I mean, come on. It is Doctor Who. And uh, Did you see the preview pages they published? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Doctor Who. It's Doctor Who. <laughs> so, it's Doctor Who with a little color. <laughs> but I like it because, you know, the thing is, they haven't done enough, um, what did I say, whimsy with the Silver Surfer. The only time I've really seen it seen him being treated as a with a lighter side was in the Defenders miniseries that Keith Giffen, J.M. Day Mateus, and Kevin McGuire did. Oh yeah. Where the Silver Surfer discovered the California Malibu Beach colony 
and the surfers there and was like oh and becoming one and it was and it was funny because like how did it take you decades to so figure out what that surfing's would be, all about? This is what you know. I loved that. So he would be awesome at Mavericks. But the thing is, he's also super wise, super tired, and and if you had a, the right character to reignite his interest in the universe, I'd like to see that. Like a wide eye, wide eyed yeah. uh, brunette, yeah. girl hanging yeah. around. Yeah, I'm for it. Uh, I'll just do this one really quick. We got uh, I, you know, finally we get Sandman. Overture number two came out today. Ah, uh, yay. Yay. I'm sorry to all of you because it was all my fault in that interview with Neil Gaiman that delayed it, clearly. I clearly. wish you had asked him about how many issues. Has he plotted? Has he written? Is it all him? Has he written it all already? or is? Uh, you know, I, I, I thought about that afterwards, but I also feel like... Uh, you didn't want to put him on the spot. I, well, but it's, you're surrounded by all these... Um, you, we were surrounded by all these CineQuest people, and right. it almost felt like... This is a petty fanboy question. It's like, it's like, look, you get to climb the mountain, you meet the Buddha, and you say, "So, how does the Star Wars saga end?" I mean, it's like you know, it's that like, would be an awesome question to ask Buddha. No, I have a chance to find out. What Buddha is would the, say it ends as it should. What is the? <laughs> no, no, I saw one, two, three. It doesn't. Anyway, go ahead. Yes, next, Nate. next, Nate. The Walking Dead. Number one hundred and twenty-four. Ah, uh, almost. This is part ten, I believe, of twelve of All Out War. Yeah, uh, yeah, ten of twelve. So, I know that you're all caught up on Walking Dead, guys. And sure. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that the bad guys. Uh, like stabbed zombies with their weapons. We're going to use yeah, those. Yeah, right. They're going to weaponize the zombie group. juices mm. in hopes of infecting everyone, whether they killed them or not. Yeah, zombie. Don't juice. spoil any more. So, there. in the last issue, we see them using them, and in this issue, we see the uh, results of that. You know, when I thought about that, I thought about I'm catching up on Walking Dead, and I thought when Maggie is starting to paint her messages. Yeah. About going to Terminus. What if she has a hangnail? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. She's painting it with zombie blood. There you go. All right. And one more for you, Rick? Uh, okay, so the, the last one I want to talk about, and I talk about this every time an issue comes out, is The Man of Bronze, Doc Savage, uh, which... Uh, and well, you should. Issue four uh, starts us off in 1979, and it alludes to prior... Uh, crews of uh, amazing Doc Savage. Uh, yeah, please don't give me hey, too dude. much because I, I just so badly. I'm not going to do. I, what I'm going to say is that uh, Doc is really in this. Doc is true to being Doc. He looks like he does in the 40s. He's just he found a look that works for him. It's kind of like you know, they say when you're in high school, the look you had in high school is really what's going to. If you had a good high school. The look you had in high school is what's going to be the look you're going to have for the rest of your life. Yeah, and I've never I think heard that Doc, saying. Doc had that look. I kind of feel like if you still look like you did in high school, you peaked too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You don't look the same. Oh, my hair has gone back a little bit. There you go. Okay. Uh, and actually, one of my acquaintances on Facebook, uh, Shannon Eric Denton. It's mostly talking about the way you dress and stuff. Right? Oh. Yeah. No, no, I don't dress the same either. Okay. We were in the early eight. I was in the early 80s. If I was dressing oh, like that, I'd be dressing like eternity. Yes. And, uh, bah, this is going to say, uh, Shannon Eric Denton, who works for, worked for Wildstorm, is writing the Doc Savage Annual. 
which they've already oh, announced cool. and ready. They've released a cover. So I believe it's set back in the actually in the twenties. But that is, I mean, Doc Most, Savage is a book that for me is continuing to deliver better than any of the iterations since the Marvel ones. And that thrills me. I did go back and buy the DC reprint of the Marvel ones. Yeah. You can follow that so that I so that I could I try to expose Luke to it in comic book form before I actually uh, spring Man of Bronze, the novel, on him. Uh, so, so there are the two. There's the one that's in black and white I, and there's the one no, that's in color. Well, I have both of those. Okay. So I bought the DC color reprints of the first of those eight issues. Right. So um, he hasn't read it yet, but I'll make it happen. Yeah. I, I figure one pop culture icon at a time because this weekend he did whisper to me, I like Rocket Raccoon. So I felt that there was a... <laughs> he had to whisper uh, that? Uh, he just did. We were in a movie theater. Okay. And, uh, oh, no, we were watching... Uh, He's going to be a Cooney. We... I really think sometimes you need to think about what you're saying before you say it. Like George Cooney. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, I, I, don't make me bring Deb into this. So, do you have anything else in the bag? Nate, I lost count. One more item for me that yes. is Incredible Hulk, excuse me, Indestructible Hulk number 20, which is the final issue of Indestructible Hulk. Where you can't kill Hulk. No, but you... Because he's indestructible, so we'll be starting up next month with Destructible Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> Stretchable Hulk? Washable just Hulk. Just Hulk. Oh, just Hulk. Okay. Adjectiveless Hulk. Oh. There should be a better adjective for adjectiveless than Hulk than adjectiveless, you know? Yes. It's it does is awkward. It is awkward. Um, the non superlative. I have Hulk. to say that that's been one of my favorite runs. I gotta catch up. I gotta catch up. I, I certainly enjoyed what I was reading. So, okay. So there it is. And the next That's one we get right. to talk. Is it conclusion to the? Uh, is it still Mark? Bomb. Is it still Mark Wade writing next week, next month with the regular? Hulk? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So still worth picking up because good. a fantastic writer is still there. Good. Good. Okay. Very good. Who's also writing? And, on, oh, and on art is Mark Bagley. Interesting. I could see that. I could really get behind that. Good. Um, I also mentioned another Mark Wade book just because it's interesting, and I don't know if this may have more resonance for Rick, but I'm going to pick it up. Uh, Dynamite is, of course, also reviving several gold key heroes, and Mark Wade is writing Dr. Spectre, uh, Master of the Occult. So um, That's cool. I might pick that one up. I, that's how I felt. I was like looking at, I saw some preview pages online, and I went, I think I want to read that. The thing that bothered me about the Valiant line is where they tried to tie everything together, and it really never, never worked. Well, so they don't have all of the same ones. So right. what Dynamite has is Turok. Magnus. Magnus, Dr. Solar, and Dr. Spectre. Right. So just those four. And Mark Wade has hinted that Dr. Spectre kind of explains how they might all fit in, but not necessarily. Oh. And their goal is not to interconnect yet. Good. But more to say, it is a shared universe, but they're not going to cross. They're in different time periods. I was very, I was on the on the bubble for Magnus. I decided not to get it, but I did flip through. I like the way that they were drawing him with pants now instead of a skirt, and you know. Well, you've always been a bigot that way. Yeah, I have been. <laughs> I don't think that a guy in a skirt is an effective fighter. Well, go ahead and tell that to Mel Gibson. I don't think he'd be an effective fighter. <laughs> I, to Mel Gibson, not to me. Um, and when he's done with you. Anyway, um, we should also then, can we move to movies, uh, Nate? No. No? No, we cannot. Go, we Nate. An announcement. 
a comic book announcement. Whoa, made. you have an announcement. Awesome. Go ahead. Friend of the program, Ben Costa, a.k.a. my brother. Yes. Did a very <laughs> criminal cover. name. I like that we call him friend of the podcast. Yeah. Um, he, huh. did, he did a cover. Mutant Ninja Turtles New Animated Adventures number 12 yep. will have a variant cover by Ben Costa. You didn't Costa. see this? No, I didn't see this. I put it on my Facebook. Dude, you have to send me this so we can put it on Fanboy Planet. Because IDW doesn't always send me things like that, or if they it's do, it's a pretty awesome cover too. I don't. I may have it in my email and had no idea that it was Ben Ben Costa. Um, so absolutely, send me that image so we can put it out there. That I'm is fantastic. It on your timeline right now. That is fantastic. All right, excellent. So pleased for Ben, who is also up at Emerald City this weekend, right? You don't know that, but I know that. <laughs> it's a yes. He'll be at Emerald City. Comic-Con he'll this be weekend. in Emerald City, and he'll be picking me up the uh, Eric Larson Walking Dead variant covers. That is so. That is brotherly love. Uh, yes, so he can uh, also uh, Anna Warren Sebrian is up there, so the elusive people will be up there. People who won't be up there this year, Fanboy Planet, but we'll make it through next year, I promise. So, if I can move to movies, I want to start up front because I think this the burying interviews is like too cruel to the people who want to hear themselves being interviewed. Uh, we have one last um, Cinequest interview to to put on the podcast. There's one more interview, but with uh, with a, a a Chinese filmmaker who, unfortunately, just the sound quality and the language barrier, I think was was too great to make it as a decent podcast. Yeah, unfortunately, I think I I think he said a lot of interesting things, but I'm going to have to just transcribe them. Yeah, and I don't think it was a real value to hearing. No. To, to hearing translation and, no. and and it was slow, so we do have one though. Last week, people indulged me in the interview with the band Eternity, which uh, of course was not a real band. It's not even it's not even really a mockumentary. It's just a docu comedy. Uh, you know what? I don't know it's what a you, movie. It's just a movie it's about a the rise and fall. Like, uh, well, like, I know, but you got to always genreize it. You know. Yeah. So, but they they indulged me when I said it would be kind of fun to just treat them as if eternity was real, and could we talk? And could I interview them as their characters? They let us do that, and then that afterwards, that was last week we ran that, and this week we have to really give credit to the actual actors who I think are up and comers. And Maiko is a actually a regular on Castle this year, or a semi regular. He's been in at least yeah. six episodes under the under the character of Pi. I think he's like he's like the boyfriend of the I'm, daughter. Oh. Oh, that makes sense, but I, I'm not that I'm not that far along in right. not that long far along in Castle, but that's awesome. So, and I really I really like them. I think they're they're two young actors, Barrett Barrett Craig and Michael Olivier, who are definitely up and coming actors and funny as all get out in Eternity. The I'm movie. really doubting myself when I'm saying that as Eternity the boyfriend the ba- of the daughter thing. So. I don't know. Do you watch Castle? No, I've watched it since the first season. See exactly. So, but I read something about. But again, yeah. Rick. Not knowing what we're talking about has it's, never it's, stopped us before. It's our, 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 it's our metier, if you will. Yeah. That and uh, so in the meantime, after our metier, let's do Michael Olivier and Barrett Craig in the same hotel room after letting go of their characters as B.J. Fairchild and Todd Lucas, Eternity. And so here we go. This week we uh, 
we interviewed them. How did you say that? We we interviewed them fictionally last week. Uh, tonight we're sitting down with the in stars character. in character. We are interviewing the stars of Eternity the Movie, which is, uh, I'll say unabashedly, I, I enjoyed Love in the Time of Monsters, and I love those guys, uh, and enjoyed Bite Size, but just, I don't know, I think the movie I'm probably going to be watching the most over and over is going to be Eternity. Well, thank you. And out of this, out of this Cinequest, truly. And uh, so we're sitting with stars Barrett Craig and, uh, and Michael Olivier, so I guess I always check yourselves, and then I'll talk about the movie a bit. And we'll go in. Sure. Hi, guys. It's Bear Craig, as, uh, who plays Todd Lucas. And I'm Michael Olivier, who plays B.J. Fairchild. All right. So Eternity covers the rise and fall and rise again of a white R&B duo from Los Angeles in the mid-'80s. And as I've said on many a podcast, it hit my college years so perfectly that it scared me. So um, very funny, very uh, knowing. The music is great. And like this is Final Tap. Songs that are so close to being actually really great songs in that if I'm not paying attention to the lyrics, I go, yeah, this is what I was listening to in college. And then, wait a minute, did you, the first time I learned, listened to I Want to Make Love, Not Just Sex was like, what are you saying at the end? <laughs> I let it go through like twice before I realized. Okay. Anyway, so uh, let's talk about how you got involved. Obviously, there was an audition process, but what drew you to the material? Um... What drew me to the material was the half, how much it played into the drama, but then it was very much a comedy. So it felt really fresh. It wasn't trying to be slapsticky. It wasn't trying to be. It, it was just it was playing into how seriously these guys take their music, mm -hmm. and how almost almost surreally silly that it was at the time, and then and how it plays off to us now, and you know it. A lot of it just plays into my, to who I am as a person too, and it was just, it was just like a no-brainer for me. I loved it. It's fun. Eighties are fun. It's it, being in any kind of period piece and and comedies can be very fun. I mean, they're they're a serious business, but they are mm -hmm. a lot of fun. And I don't think I've ever had as much fun as I did on on this set. Yeah. So I. I was definitely drawn to that. <laughs> yes, um, and but you wouldn't know that you were going to have that much fun. Um, I had a feeling. In, 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 <laughs> yeah. in an alternate universe, we talked about this a little bit uh, about uh, the kind of research you did for it. So you know, obviously, this is not just talking about music and music videos because uh, "Don't Let Go," "I'm Begging You, Please" is definitely. I could see that playing on Friday night videos, which you guys probably don't remember that show. That was non-cable NBC. Friday night videos. I was suckling. Oh, believe in that. <laughs> I was suckling teat at yeah? that time. <laughs> Has anything changed? Whoa. <laughs> no, I guess I'm still. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, and we just got our little E on the uh, on the iTunes rating list. Thank you. Okay, which is not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, but in, in in addition to obviously, you know, it's the music videos, but there's also you know '80s '80s movies. One of the the, the montage things, which you know. There's moments reminding me of Mannequin. There's moments reminding me of, uh, well, just a lot of strange college teen sex comedies that were around then. So what did you research? Um, you know, one of my two of my favorite movies are The Breakfast Club and Goonies. And those are two movies that, you know, sort of take the, the essence of that, you know, teenage angst and mm -hmm. sort of put it into, and you know, and... You know, one of them's John Hughes, and just 
his way of, of expressing, you know, what goes on through a teenager's and young lover's minds is so perfect for me. So I really related to that stuff and I like to incorporate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, uh, in terms of preparation, I would say definitely watching the music videos from the 80s, that, that, that is kind of what this movie is about. Like the, the R&B stars, the real ones, so like uh, uh, Richard Marks and, and Hall and & Oates and, and, uh, and um, Wham. So like Careless Whisper is a perfect example. And, and a lot of the other Hall & Oates music videos, it's just the, the cheese of it is kind of what I would focus on. Like how would I, yeah. you know, like how sexy can I be and believe these words that I'm saying. Right. Mm-hmm. And time and distance equals cheese because we didn't think it was cheesy then. No, no, not at all. Not, not like yeah, you. I'm do not that. offended, but I'm just like, yeah. of course not. Why would you be? <laughs> um, and definitely, the heart of this film is the chemistry between the between the two of you. This is not just about a duo. This is as uh, screenwriter Joey had mentioned in our interview a couple of weeks ago uh, that this is about two men who have a very difficult time coming to terms with with a love for one another that has nothing to do with sex. It's just it is. It's not homoerotic. It's just love and affection so how did you go about building the chemistry did it happen for the moment you met well there was one one event that i thought would be really fun for us to do whenever i you know whenever i met michael we we met first at when we were like going to make our kickstarter video that was the first time we met mm-hmm. and uh you know michael um was almost honestly a little intimidating to me at first because he was a much more experienced actor than me and he was very, you know, very confident and comfortable. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm this, I have to, you know, I have to kind of match this guy, but I'm the lead of this movie. I don't know. I don't know. But he was just so comfortable. And it really, if I, if he wasn't like that, I would have freaked out. So it was, it was really thanks to his comfort that, and, and, um, that I was able to really relax into it. So um, well, thank you for that, Barrett. I, that's, I mean, I, I feel like I don't even know that. So that's, uh, we've that's, had a breakthrough tonight, guys. Yeah, a breakthrough. So <laughs> this is a wonderful meeting. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, we, we walked up. Uh, we met each other at the gate of, of uh, Joey's house, and we were going to do a, a read through. Jo- Joey, the writer, of mm-hmm. course. I don't know if everyone, I assume they know, but um, we, uh, we, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say that we hit it off right away, but it, it was, we definitely wanted to make this film, and we had a mutual understanding of what we wanted their relationship to be and and we even took our characters out on the town Mm -hmm. that was barrett's idea what do you mean by you took your characters out on the town so uh i thought it'd be a great idea for us to see what it would be like to have these characters in public so we we got together we went to uh goodwill found some really bad clothes with a lot of color Mm -hmm. and (laughs) decided to walk around hollywood boulevard with them and go karaoke so people seemed to right. people loved us. People were stopping us and taking pictures with us, and we weren't doing anything. We were just we were just wearing, walking around, walking just, around. Ex- just existing on Hollywood yeah. Boulevard. Yeah. Right. I mean, we would probably have blended in with a lot of other people on Hollywood Boulevard, but it was a little character development. So yeah. about the swagger, right? Yeah, be. yeah. And then when we got we, we we did some duets together at karaoke and. <laughs> We weren't very good, actually. No, we were terrible. <laughs> I didn't know that. We were, we're both pretty good singers, but but we we kind of sucked at the Holland. We I think we we expected ourselves because we had done our own research on Holland Oats, and I think we just expected to know the 
the like songs better than we yeah. actually did. We yeah. read about it, therefore we must know. Well, I knew the right. chorus to all the songs, but I didn't know the actual like lyrics to the, <laughs> the middle parts of the song. Right. <laughs> and it's hard hard jumping into backup. That's kind of a learned, <laughs> a learned thing. I remember that, yeah. We just had a lot of fun. That, that night sort of like started it off uh, on a great foot. Mm-hmm. And I think that from there on out, we were just like, all right, let's do it. All right. And then in the process, you as you're making this film, you knew what you had. Basically, mm-hmm. what was going on? Yeah, and uh, Barrett was here on the, on Saturday, the premiere. Uh, Mike could not. You were filming someplace else. We'll assume. Uh, yeah, I was. I was shooting a commercial in filming. It okay. pays the bills. You were making money. Well, how I dare was making you? right. right. <laughs> how dare you, sir? Go <laughs> enjoy watching the film with friends, or allow myself to enjoy those things. Sure, at a later future. date. So. How was the re- the re- the reception for it for you? Were you expecting this? Was uh, I, you know, you, I just honestly had no idea because I I I you know we shot this a year and a half ago and a lot of the jokes to me are obviously still funny but you know they've lost some of their luster to me after living it for so long mm-hmm. that I was like are people going to think this is funny? I mean I think it's funny but are other people going to think this is funny? So to see everybody's enthusiasm when they, you know, I walked into that the first party for Cinequest and, you know, several people run up to me and just were like, you know, fawning over my jacket that I'm wearing and just thinking. Well, it was a neat jacket. Let's be honest. Thank it you. was spiffy. It is. Inclu- He's no, wearing it right now. No, it was a different jacket at the first party. Oh, really? It was the blue jacket. Oh, well, there's there's that one too. Yes. Yes. Well, Boy. Yeah. Fanboy over here. <laughs> I, no, because I have a photo with it. Oh, okay. Yeah, just the jacket oh. was weird. He was he was asleep, but it was still good. Anyway. It was bedside now, though. Yeah. Now he was riding a bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that was that was that was completely unexpected to have to have um, you know people I don't even know coming up to me saying they love the movie that I did and that was just really cool to hear so I, I was not really expecting that I was not expecting that kind of reaction and that was really cool. Okay, and and by this afternoon, which unfortunately I had to miss the screening, but there was rumor of a sing along. Did that happen? No, Kinda, I'm getting no. The, that maybe if there was a clap along. Wearing. A clap along. Yeah. Okay, well that's there was okay. definitely yeah. there were people clapping aloud to the beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were getting to see it with an audience. So how about you? Today's response and reaction, right? Well, I and you have a lot like of family. Was, yes, I did. I, well, I have a lot of family in the Bay Area, so it was nice that they got to to come and see it because uh, we had a family and friends screening in, in San Diego, and my the mother's side of my family got to see that. So it was, it's nice that my whole extended family has now seen this movie, and uh, and it was both great experiences. And and I I feel like I really missed out the first weekend because they I mean they kept talking about all this fun stuff they were doing, meeting people and, and how people were reacting to it. And it's, it's tough wanting to be a part of that and not being around it. And the first night I said, well, Hey, put me on, put me on uh, uh, FaceTime. FaceTime. It was great. Uh, and it, they couldn't do it on the first night. It just didn't work. Oh, but, okay. but because I put that idea in there, had the next night uh, Barrett had prepped his, his iPad brought yeah. his iPad for it, so that it, so that I could be a part of That's that talkback. Bringing it, yes, yeah. <laughs> he brought it. Good. Uh, no, that was a, I mean that was great. I thought, and that that was that was a wonderful thing. And then the suggestion that came out of Sunday nights was, you know, um, what's the future for Eternity? Because one, you work very well as a comedy duo. You know, you do have a, a palpable chemistry, and um, you know, yeah. Is there a future for eternity? Is there, you know, this does well sequel, tour? I mean, live. I, learn to play the saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, will, I hear it's simple. I, well, I taught myself how to play uh, "Mary Had a Little Lamb" and 
certain basic notes for some songs. Yeah. So okay. that when you're watching it, it doesn't look totally fake. You could have a backup sax player. Yeah. 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 We're actually working out the details of that. We would definitely like to perform on stage and you know make their let allow there to be some way where. There's another saxophonist that, that also BJ allows BJ to still be there. Maybe he hurt his hand forever and on stage. Oh, there's a good, yeah. yeah maybe yeah. there's it's a some backstory for this, well, yeah. for this concert. Maybe he just like the Ninja Turtles used to have concerts. Yes. <laughs> you, 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 you sprained your lip. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's a splinter, something. Well, we actually uh, did a, uh, a dance. Barrett had like a, a, a dance class that he was doing. And uh, and he's like, hey, I need to choreograph something for this. And, and uh, he, he wanted to do something that was related to eternity. So even like Cor, like we would have to figure out things where I'd be able to do more, because I don't, as much as I would love to just naturally play the the sax as good as BJ really can. Yes. And is supposed to actually play. I don't know if I'll ever achieve that. Um, so I I feel like in those those live performances we would have to work out. Yeah, a show. Numbers, a show. A show. Also, I don't I don't really play the guitar either that well How about as well the guitar? as. Uh, the guitar. I mean, I could easily learn these things. I play the I play the keyboard. Yes, okay. I play the piano. That's what I play. But you know, I could figure that out. But I think it would be a blast to figure out something that we could do as you know a duo on stage. Right, and as long you as your know. voices are in there. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah because we, that's the key. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe sequels. <laughs> yeah, or prequels, I should say. Yeah, and we we have well, some origin or- stories. Origin yeah. stories. Well, I, well yeah, TV shows. Then, then you're play. Parallel universes. Wait, parallel, uh, you know what happens to? I think about <laughs> alternate it, you, alternaties. You know, <laughs> <laughs> alternaties. There we go. It's excellent. Uh, I like to think of I like to think of the middle years between when we were successful and when we fell apart. All those years that are unexplained in the movie. That's true. They are. There's this, this know, big gap. It's perfect yeah. for a TV show. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. I think we can we can go with that. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for sitting down sitting down with us and, and having this conversation and sharing your scotch. And uh, so, thank you so much. And we wish all the best for eternity and for both you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having yeah. us. Thank you. We're very glad that we had eternity. No, we were the guys from Eternity the movie, and they had a very fine scotch as well. So we really enjoyed that time. We closed the door for now on Eternity the Movie. Once again, I did hear from uh, Eric Staley, the producer of the film, uh, this week that they are still uh, they're looking into getting into something near San Diego. And, you know, we said, you know, it's hard to get part of Comic-Con. But honestly, I think it's quite possible that you could, again, you could get a movie theater out there, that, that, that 12 gas lamp one. They could get a screen there and not necessarily be part of yeah. Comic-Con. But it's a movie. Comic-Con might just take it in because it's a movie. So we'll, we'll see. I'm really hoping they're there because I'd really like to hang out with these guys again and, and, and tout them in San Diego in July. Uh, this brings up another thing I forgot to mention. There's a, there's a controversy. Nate, have you picked up the controversy about Nerd HQ this week? No. Okay, Zachary Levi, who runs Nerd HQ, which we have touted on this podcast as they have these the alter- alternative. The alternative. They rented out part of Petco Park. They had a few parties. They they, they charge separate admission for panels. They charge for separate panels. And then the money was going to Operation Smile. Well, they kind of opened the books up a little bit last week because they started an Indiegogo, I think. 
Indiegogo is the one that allows you to keep the money even if you yes. don't meet your goal. Yes. They started an Indiegogo and said that they gave $212,000 to charity last year with all their sponsors and everything paying for Nerd HQ. Okay, that's pretty good. Okay, that is $212,000 to, uh, <coughs> to Operation I mean, Smile. that's got to come out of above the operating costs and rental for the areas that they're in. So. They're asking for a million dollars for the operating costs on Indiegogo and offering no rewards. Not even like an admission to a panel or anything? Not even the admission to a panel. Hmm. They want to hold some Nerd HQ parties and are not guaranteeing anybody who's donating the mo- money admission to the party. I wouldn't say that's controversial. I'd say that's stupid. Okay. Um, I'll go that far then. I, I would just I, say that's, that's like... It's, it's, a, it's pretty scummy. It's, it's asking... A, no, I don't think they'll be successful in their, their gambit. They might get some. They might sure. get some money. They'll keep that. And I don't know why they are just not seeking sponsorship. Although, again, there might be that this is the thing I see with what has happened in Comic-Con when years ago... Lon and I got invited to the Wrath of Khan, a great party mm-hmm. on a Friday night. We, you know, Daughtry opened the party, and then the WCW yep. did, a, did a couple of matches, and Stan Lee was there, and Zack Snyder was there, and Zachary Levi was there, actually, too. And that was, like, the big party. That was the big exclusive party, and now everybody goes down there and throws a party, and it's convenient to who can be seen. And I had a conversation with a woman who at one of the parties I got, few parties I got into last year, who said, well, I don't come here to hang out with the people. You know, it was, it's, the people from L.A. are going to well, she, be seen she at she the parties. She's, she's there to hang out with other business uh, people? Other or, hoi polloi, yes, or, if you will. Or perhaps press. No, she wasn't press. She, no, no, that she could hang out with press. Or no. is this just a... Just it was a, at the party. This was at... at, at uh, a party thrown by HitFix, and it was okay. a producer's girlfriend, and she said, oh, I wouldn't go on the floor. I'm not here to be with that. I'm here to go to the parties. Uh-huh. And so, you know, it's just kind of... I, it's, this move it to Vegas. That's God another thing that's Vegas. happened at Comic-Con. I'm tired of San Diego. No, I don't, well, then I don't think you need to go. And I think the article you wrote might have made taken care of that. But, but the thing I'm also hearing back is, like, Wizard World Comic Sacramento sold out. Uh-huh. So I think what's happening is people are, are now going to start being less discriminating over which Comic-Con they go to. And I think people are going to go to the smaller ones. If you go to because a... Because they can get into those. If you can. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Okay, so... Uh, and we covered this on Moron vs. Fanboy. Uh, Lon, Lon went. And for you could get your badge for three days to Wizard World Sacramento. And if you paid $150... You were guaranteed a small panel with the celebrity of your choice, a photo, and a signature on the photo. Uh-huh. So you paid extra in advance for this bonus opportunity, and people paid it. Yeah. You know, and so uh, he got Chris Hemsworth. He also got the guy, Nate, who's the guy in Walking Dead that everybody loves, the, that's not Norman a character. Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus, right. Yeah. It's not a character in the book. So... He, you know, I think that's very indicative. There's a lot of people with, with the money to drop, and if you're going to be guaranteed you get your celebrity experience and you're going to be guaranteed at least one A-list, then maybe these regionals are the way to go. And San Diego, I, I don't think you're going to feel that impact for a while. I still say I'm not so sure that I want to go. Well, it'll cut me out completely. I'm not going to drive to Vegas. I'm not going to fly to Vegas. 
July in Vegas is. If I step outside that convention center, it's going to be super hot. I like being able to but walk around. you're not going to step outside that, that I step outside the, the convention center in San Diego all the time. Now, maybe it is a different situation once you're in a bigger convention center. But I like wandering around. I like, I'm like. i not going to pay convention center food prices. I want to yeah. wander. And the thing I like about going to San Diego, too, is it's like, oh, here's the downtown. Hello, it's an old friend. I know my way around it. I know some of these biz- these businesses. I love discovering a new restaurant, a new place. I like San Diego. So, but San Diego just we've had this conversation. Yeah. Just the fact that it's the center is on on the ocean. It it cuts out the, avail, the availability that most cities would have for their their large convention center. You know, there's no it's not at the center of something, it's at the side of a bunch right, of Right. So it's going so it's so expansion. It's, it's, we know the expansion's coming, but the expansion's going to be lengthwise. It has to just I don't, you know, so they can get more people in and be less the city will be less able to service those people with hotels and restaurants and, and transportation. Well, who knows. Yeah. Because the, they, because the city has a long-term plan of realizing if they can increase the size of their convention center, they're not thinking of just San Diego. They're, uh, I mean, they're not no, thinking of just Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Right. They're realizing they can attract a lot of other bigger ones. They need to double the number of hotels that they have. And I have a feeling that's in the long-term plan, too. But that's not necessarily up to San Diego. In, in terms of zoning, yes. Yeah. But they're, you know, it's one of those things. There's a lot of... Look at the economy. There's a lot of abandoned... Buildings over there, you know, the dockside that could be taken, torn down, and replaced. And I have a feeling those will be replaced by hotels. So mm. we'll see. Yeah. Just as I would agree with you, I'd say downtown San Jose needs the same thing. Big Wow's coming up, and we should mention in terms of movies, Lon Lopez's AFAM, Chapter One, The Setback, has been accepted into the Big Wow uh, Film Festival. Which will be fun to see it on the big screen. It was at it was at Sacramento too. Now is that going to be set up in the standard center there, or I believe so. Or? I don't know anything yet. I, okay. I I don't know. It's just I, I think that that, uh, that was okay to mention, and you know, and I know that Chapter Two he's working on. So there there are great things happening with the fam, and Big Wow's coming up. But the thing that I think about Big Wow that's holding it back is I still feel, and even at Cinequest I felt that is. There are a few good hotels downtown, San Jose, but there aren't a lot compared to a city that's really like San Francisco. Like San Francisco, yeah. And this San Jose needs a couple more good towers, good hotels, Mm -hmm. and because you go down Second Street and you hit that Ramada, it's a little sketchy. And then there's like this town townhouse in that's a little sketchier. And then there's one even further down that's really sketchy. And, you know, it, it, it's, you're not going to get people coming who are going to stay. Big Wow is going to be just locals. Now, we're a good area for, for our people. Yeah. Uh, there's no question of that. But it's still nice, like even you and, and your wife did at Cinequest. You, you got a hotel one night, yeah. motel one night. Marriott. Hotel, not a motel. Uh, yeah, you went to the Marriott for one night because you knew it was like you're going to be up late watching movies. You want to yep. be up the next day for something else and all that stuff to be downtown. It'd be great. It'd be great if more people had that access. Yep. So that's my little rant on movies. It ties in somehow. It really does. And, ooh, on Twitter, we're being followed now by Bizarro Stan Lee. I don't know how real that is. <laughs> it sounds it sounds bizarre. Did you, Nate, here's the first thing up there. Did you get to watch the new X-Men Days of Future Past trailer? Uh, Yes. A lot of confrontation the, between Magnetos and, and Xavier's. 
Yeah. Well, maybe not. It began with, and I, I thought, oh, this is, I mean, it's an interesting shot. I'm sure it's, I mean, the great thing I realized about Days of Future Past is you can go into the future and you can kill off anybody you want because it's only a possible future. Right. And it opens. That's why the. And the trailer opens with Halle Berry getting it. And dying. A sentinel just like, dying. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not going back to Monsters Phrasing. Ball. Oh, touche. Look who's careful about <laughs> phrasing now. Oh, that was a quote from Archer. Mm. That uh, she, the Sentinel's just, un, 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 I can't even say it because now you made me conscious of it, <laughs> unleashing his fury upon Storm and then sending, sending uh, Logan back in time. And I thought, here's what I... Well, I, that's, that's, that's essentially true yeah. to the storyline, which starts with, with Wolverine getting cut down to just right. adamantium skeleton. Right. And in the story, in the comic book, it's Kitty Pride going back in time, but here right. it's Logan. I'm not sure how it's going to tie into The Wolverine, which they've, of course, announced that they are going to make another The Wolverine, Wolverine. film. Um, a Wolverine, perhaps. And, and still on track to have it as Hugh Jackman. Though, of course, Hugh Jackman has said <laughs> at some point... Next, next will be of Wolverine. Of Wolverine. Of Wolverine and men. La and, Wolverine. Ooh, I like that. Wait a minute. I think we should make it short of that. Okay, La Wolverine. And, but the next movie is going to be uh, Apoco- Apocalypse Now. Uh, X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> and when I see this trailer, I, I, what, I'd really like to, what I'd really like to see happen is that you just go ahead and establish the timeline as it is Michael Fassbender, it is James McAvoy, and that's Professor X and Magneto. From here on out, moving forward, and telling me a Brett Ratner-free X-Men timeline. Sure. Because they're going to keep doing them. They're never going to give it back to Disney if they can help it. Then I want you to make the right choices. And that's a good franchise for those two guys. Those are really good actors. And, you know, like I said, they're not going to grow. Neither one of them are going to grow into the older actors that play those characters. They're going to be their own kind of older actors. And they're powerful enough and interesting enough. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. So, uh, also, we got to see photos leaked out this week from the set of Age of Ultron. Oh, can I say one more thing about the... Yeah. Uh, I, I, they keep on touting how many different characters there are in this uh, X-Men movie. Too many. Too many. And, that, and just showing them all in the, that one commercial, just like it, it is just way confusing. I think this is going to be one of the least accessible movies for, for non-fans. And I obviously I don't I'm not in that ballpark, I'm not in that group. But I but, I, I but see I think what it, you're. It can potentially hurt the viability. of this I see what movie. you're saying, but I also think people felt that about that was going to happen with First Class, and then First Class did did really well. I didn't feel that way about First Class. No, I mean, ahead of time people a thought. Ton of characters. A, ahead of time people thought that about First Class. Hmm, okay. I'm saying our our predictions are. I think we need to see this as it is very clearly a two part film. Okay. And and I think that's part of you're going to see some characters set up that'll just be like, who was that? Well, you'll have to pay attention you think to X Men cliffhanger. Oh, I'm I'm going to say ninety percent sure it's going to end on a, okay. on a. I like that figure. It's a safe one that gives me that ten percent leeway. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that wiggle room. That ten percent. I do. I do. Um, so we got a glimpse of uh, shots of Elizabeth Olsen as the Scarlet Witch. And the oh, Wayfish Witch. The Wayfish Witch. And that, that young man who's from Kick-Ass. What's his name? 
uh, who is playing Quicksilver. Yeah. I like the Quicksilver look in Avengers much better much than better. I like the Quicksilver that we saw Evan Peters in yeah. in uh, X Men: Days of Future Past. Yeah, it's it, well, he's an older Quicksilver for one thing. You can he's you can, a little bit a little more mature. Are they both? Are both of those guys in Kickass? I don't know. I think they are. I saw a photograph of them like in a movie together, and I went, "Wait a minute, the glasses." That's Kickass. I never saw Kickass too. I didn't see Kickass too okay. either, but but just. I think he's. I think that Evan Peters is one of Kickass's high school buddies, oh. and so you have the two Quicksilvers stand side Standing by side. Oh, there's a meme ready to happen. Oh well, I saw it on Facebook, so I know. You did? Okay. Yeah, uh, you know that awkward moment when you realize that both Quicksilvers were in a movie together. Okay. I don't have those awkward moments, um, but God bless you if you did. And so um, I like the look of the Scarlet Witch in the Avengers movie better too. I well. Yeah, there's an implication from a still that Scarlet Witch might be in Days of Future Past, but not really in full power. Right. So, younger. A much younger version, yeah. which also makes sense considering the age they've made Quicksilver. A little disturbing that she's like in a Disney princess costume, too. That's just a shot at Disney because it's Fox saying, you will never have her. <laughs> um, but the Avengers does have her. And so I like the look of Elizabeth Olsen as a Scarlet Witch. Yeah. I think, and exactly as I was saying last week, it's a real world enough costume yes. that is still the costume. And if you notice in those photos, it's also possible that we got a glimpse of the back of Ultron. Oh, I didn't notice. There's that. a very silver armored character and huh. so that looks well, like there are more that show the front as well. Oh. Well, I didn't see the front. So it's possible we saw a look there, and I'll check back. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's been giving interviews about Terminator Five. And talking absolutely fantastic. It's going to be how the Terminator ages, and then they have to make him young again. Terminator Five is alive. All right, that was your one for the night. Uh, that was good. Terminator was on uh, Raw this week. The Terminator was on Raw. Yeah, because he was on with uh, Joe Mangan, whatever the guy that's in uh, True Blood Sabotage. Yeah, in Sabotage with Arnold. Oh, yeah, okay, Joe Mangiello. Yes, that guy. Okay. So they were the hosts of Raw this week. Oh, well, maybe I should watch wrestling again. They punched the Miz. Yeah, so apparently, you know, they're just... I, I don't understand the whole thing with Schwarzenegger being in there, but they're trying to come up with a reason why Schwarzenegger could still be the Terminator, but is obviously much aged. Yeah. So... Because John Connor decided that if he was getting older, the Terminator should get older, too. Oh, you know what? They could, they, I could do that. Any good science fiction writer could do that. Well, no, I think that's what it is. That no. The, is that the bioflesh ages? Yeah, the bioflesh ages. Yeah, that's and that's what they're saying. But then why would you throw back the older one? But we'll see. And uh, this is the best one. Out of nowhere, Don, I love this, even though I probably won't see it because the first movie scared me so badly as a kid that I, I, would, I never watched any of the sequels. Don Coscarelli, who I love for having directed Bubba Hotep and John Dies at the End, in secret shot an entire Phantasm movie, a new one. So they launched this week on Ain't It Cool News. Phantasm 5 is coming. So uh, for those of you who listen and who are horror fans, apparently Angus Scrim is back and Reggie Bannister is back. And as many of the characters that have allegedly survived all this are back. So... Uh, I think, I think I'm. It'll be interesting. I to see w- what it is, and I might catch up. 
because you know I've interviewed Don Coscarelli. He's a nice gentleman, just like George Romero. They seem like such nice gentlemen, and they create such fantastically nightmarish horror. So, uh, looking forward to that. Um, there is a rumor cropping up, and I think it's just coming from Dan Harmon, but I can't cite any other source that uh, NBC is going to is going to renew Community for another thirteen episodes to make a season six. Which means what's going to happen? Six a movie, a movie, a movie, and Justin Lin, director of the Fast and Furious franchise, is uh, <laughs> asso- and who has directed several episodes of Community, is a name associated with as director of the Community film, which Dan Harmon swears will happen. Yeah, so get ready for Community Tokyo Drift. I'm no, he, he didn't do those. I know. I'm. He did. Fo- you're stuck on that. It's the furious. second time you've used the Tokyo I Drift. I think line. Tokyo Drift is a much cooler name. Have than we? Fast have and we? Have we? Uh, have we talked to the concept of diminishing returns? Tokyo Drift. Okay, that's it. It's <laughs> diminished to its very last. And third time's a charm, Derek. <laughs> sometimes, and sometimes a third time's just the third time. So um, it depends on what you're doing. Anyway, and there's one we all love this idea. Prometheus 2 is going to shoot this year. With uh, They've brought on the screenwriter of Green Lantern, Michael Green, promising to fix things. I believe, I believe that I saw this first on Rick's Facebook page with some snarky remark. Yeah. I'm not sure how much I blame this particular screenwriter for the flaws of Green Lantern. Yeah. I think this. I think again, a lot of studio marketing interference. Car D'Angelo and I've talked about it. That Green Lantern's biggest flaw was that they knew they had potential to be like a Star Wars-like kind of franchise in terms of aliens, and they decided to make the entire movie about the Cantina with the core. Yeah. But there are more flaws to that. I think that you know they also fit like four or five different Green Lantern plot lines into one. Yes, but. Uh, so I'm not sure, again, how much that's Michael Green. There are other writers involved with that. When they say the screenwriter, he wasn't the only screenwriter okay, on that. I should have made it plural. No, no, but you're not the only one. I mean, every article I've seen has yeah, called, called him the screenwriter of Green Lantern, and he, and he really wasn't solo. He's like one of like okay. four or five people credited but, with but it. No, when, he was, when I saw him credited out of the article, it was, yeah, it yeah, was just him. Exactly, and that's, yeah. and that's my point there. So I don't know. But the thing is, I think that the, the Prometheus was a mess. It was, in places, an intriguing mess, but I don't know that there's straighten up. The only thing that they seem to be promising that I find interesting is that Michael Fassbender, there may be many more androids with Michael Fassbender's face and character that, from that, because that was my favorite part of Prometheus. Yeah, I was a little wondering. I, well, she took off, basically, with his head, with his head in a bag. Right. And, but it's still functioning head. And I was wondering about, okay, so what do we know about the ship she's on? Does it have replicating capability? Could right. it rebuild Who knows? Could it build multiples of it? So, so does she decide that she needs more help in running the ship? Do they build more? Yeah. I don't know. There we'll was a see. whole thing. I, I think the bigger problem is, is there anything on that food, on that ship she can eat? You know, <laughs> If there's replicators, yes. Yeah. Well, it's still got to replicate something. <laughs> Did she have anything? She she basically got on that ship running away from all the falling debris right, right, and stuff. Right, right, So we'll see. There might be. We'll, yeah, see. we'll see. Apparently, they're making a whole movie, and it's not just about her starving. So That'd be a really boring <laughs> That'd movie. That'd be a bad movie. And I think we missed last week that Incredibles 2 has finally been announced. 
And then Brad Bird's working on the sequel and a plot once he's finished with Tomorrowland. I'm really excited about that. That that's the one that of all things it's like yeah. and everybody's been critiquing online and going. Brad Bird said that he didn't have a good idea. It's like, are you kidding me? I want to see every character from Impo- from, from the Incredibles, Incredibles again. I want are to see you, them yeah. all again. Are you kidding me? You make a superhero movie, and of all the plots, you're making Cars three for God's sake. They're making a sequel to Planes, Fire, and, or oh, Search please. and Rescue, and I can tell you, I have never seen an audience less intrigued by a trailer. Than I did with playing Search and Rescue this like weekend. All the audience just all in synchronous yawn. I went to see Muppets Most Wanted. I took Luke, and I turned to him and I said, "Did you see Planes?" And he goes, "No." <laughs> okay, so I'm right then, Dad. This is the sequel nobody demanded. They greenlit before the first one was released, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Let's focus on the better part. Oh, Incredibles. I want to see another Incredibles. And another Incredibles. You know what made me really want it? Playing those characters in Disney Infinity. Wow. No, I can see that, though, because it is fun. Yeah. It is a fun Infinity game. I've forgotten, it, I, it I've forgotten the movie, game. and I started playing those, and I'm going, i got to go back and watch that movie again, and just... Yeah. Yeah. Did you get your, well done. Did you unlock a lightsaber? I did not. <laughs> you're always complaining you don't have enough time no this was an accident I had Luke he put on he, he uh, the thing is the rumor I'd heard is wrong so I'm just going to say this out to everybody okay you don't need to have gold statues you just need to have all the figures oh the statues need to appear so if you have level one everybody we level one and we just I said let's just go in the hall of heroes so I can see the statues okay and so it was a surprise. We go, vroom, and there's Phineas, and there's Agent P, and then suddenly it goes, vroom, and I went, oh, no, it's happening. And it's, and the lightsaber came spinning, and we were like, awesome, because then the lightsaber is really fun to fight with in your toy box. Is it just in your toy box then? Yeah, you can't use it in the Hall of Heroes, obviously not, because okay. you can't really fight there. You can, but you shouldn't. It's the Hall of Heroes, for God's sake. The little, the little pop up people around. No, 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 but when you have when you have your son playing on one character, yeah, yeah he fights. He fights and everything. Does, yeah. But we go into the toy box and then you you just pull it out of your tool toolkit and nice. you can go go to town on the villains. It's great. So, and it's fun, which then hints to me as we knew. I want the Star Wars the people next one, those little wandering around. The next people. one's going to be Star Wars at about 3 quarter size. Oh, I wish. I wish they would update it. So, we shall see. But anyway, Let's move to television, shall oh, one, we? One more. I, I, I wanted to... Uh, Why not? I mean, I already segued. Go. Yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I was, I was going to jump in on this. Um, two movies that uh, I think are coming out reasonably soon. Actually, I'll just stick with the one. Um, Dom Hemingway with Jude Law. Which was at Cinequest. It was at Cinequest. And I'm just going to say this is going to be a breakout, a breakout hit. Uh, just insanely Tarantino in its action and dialogue, um, and Jude Law is just amazing. Or do you in think Sleeper hit? Uh, I think it's gonna. Uh, well, Sleeper maybe. I mean, it's gonna. It's. I think that. Uh, however, it's going to grow on people. It's going to be a, uh, a long term. Um, you know, the reality is, I know that we are we are run by box office reports in, in a way that we weren't twenty years ago. But the thing is. As I tell my students all the time when I say, like, you know, what's your favorite movie? And I say, not the movie you just saw, not the movie right. that the, the movie that you have held on to and you know you're going to watch over and over again. And 
if I were to ever make a film, a full-length feature, I would want that kind of success where it's like Big Trouble in Little China, maybe not that big. Oh, God, that's like really raising the bar. I'd like to make Big Trouble in Little China, too. <laughs> but I mean that kind of effect where it's a movie people are talking about years from now. And and that the regard just keeps growing, and it may not have been well, why successful. Why don't you just make the next Star Wars? Because they didn't ask me. Huh. No, not literally the next Star Wars. Like oh so oh, the next uh, you know the next big movie. Well, like I think I can officially say by this time you can look out. I don't know if it'll be on Fanboy Planet or not, but uh, the first short film that I have produced, uh, which I believe the title will be Catwoman Loves Bruce. Uh, will be online uh, Thursday. So um, it's interesting to have dipped a toe into being the producer. It's, I blame Chris Garcia because all through Cinequest, he's like, why haven't you got something here? Why haven't you done something here? And I'm like, oh, okay, I need to start like piecing. So when this so, uh, let me finish, came up. Yeah. Let me finish with Dom, Dom Hemingway. It's a story Dude. about a guy who's gone to prison for 17 years. He took the fall for a mob boss. And he, it's, it's him getting out of prison. He has anger issues. He's got... You will love this because he is lower ca- lower class um, British, but but I feel like I'm going to hate it now out a, of spite and a thug. But he he was in Shakespearean plays in his youth, and he does soliloquies about himself. Go on that are just like over the top. He, the The film is opening opens with like a five minute soliloquy. I can't spoil it for you, but it's it's. It's amazing. I do beg to differ. If they're doing soliloquies, there's no such thing as over the top. Okay. Just right in the pocket. I, I think you might make an exception in this case, and we'll talk about it after. I don't know if I'll see it. I, I assume it's getting a wide release. I, I, I expect it will be. Okay. Yeah. So let's go to TV, because you also want to talk about The 100, which looked interesting, but I haven't watched it. Oddly enough, that has a Cinequest attachment, too, because uh, Cinequest had... Um, oh, what's his name? I, I just had it... Uh, the movie Small Time with Christopher Maloney. Yes. Um, the His son in that movie, who is a essential player, is uh, is Devin Bostwick, who was the Diary for Wimpy Kid. I have not Kid. seen those films, but my, my children have. And he's actually in The 100. Okay. So and he's during, to during the post-Small uh, Time interviews, they were saying, well, so what's your character like? And he said something to the effect of, well, nobody really dies from a spear injury. And he said, "Oh, I should have said that." Um, but that's that plays. That plays. Uh, so, for those who don't know, the plot of One Hundred is we've all escaped a polluted Earth through a space station. No, I, well, it's actually there was there were disasters on Earth, nuclear war, and there were a few space space stations out out there that kind of banded together and made this kind of hodgepodge, huge one. Battlestar Galactica. Oh yeah, it's it's kind of a lot of movies. Battlestar Galactica. You you still got these people out there on the kind of failing space space yeah. station. It's um, it's uh, Earth Two because you're, they're 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 trying to the kids are sent down to the planet. These children who have been, <laughs> love this planet. Have been in prison. Um, the, are the, sent, yeah, it's there's a lot of political it's manipulation. Like reverse Logan's run. Yeah, it, well, it's it's actually there's a reason why they do it, um, but I won't well, spoil too much is. about it. Of course, there, there's there a lot is. of poli- political manipulation and actually kind of a survival thing. There's a cold equations thing going on about how long the the station can last, and the more people you reduce from the station, you 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 extend how long the station's going to last. But there's also this after-Earth aspect to it, which I'm hoping is going to end up being better than after-Earth, 
where Earth has changed while they've been been away. So there's new well, sure, because there were new, um, nuclear wars, right? Uh, so they're down. They they basically crash um, away from the station they were supposed to be. They're supposed to be able to be within a, a couple of yards of this the survival. And in area. the first ten minutes, do they all show more emotion than any character in After Earth did? They show as much emotion as you'd expect on any CW <laughs> television. Then it's it's passionating, as the Elizabethans yes. would say. Yes, uh, that you you have them break into. There's into a lot of sulking. Bands. There's a lot of sulking. There, there's sulking. There are there's thuggery. There's uh, ooh thuggery. Yes. The, oh, thuggery. thuggery. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna the second issue, uh, the second episode actually airs tonight, and uh, but I'm looking for. I'm actually oddly looking forward to it. I'm hoping they can get past the. By the way, know, I'm not crazy, but we didn't miss a Shield episode last night, right? No, we didn't. Correct. Okay. No. No. It's March Madness, right? That's why. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Um, but you had some. News Nobody's about- watching March Madness anymore after the ridiculous first round. Cool. I'm happy. Can they stop broadcasting it too? Then that's not going to happen. Oh, that would be nice. But you had some news about Shield, didn't you? Yeah, Amy. Me? Amy Acker is coming to Shield now, cool. which I feel like it's an overdue thing. It's uh, Amy Acker. For those not realize, she was Fred on Angel. She is Beatrice in Joss Whedon's Much Ado About Nothing. And she was she, in Dollhouse too. She was in Dollhouse. I was going to get there. I don't think she was ever officially given. Regular status on Dollhouse, but she played a magnificent character on that show. She actually show. had two different roles on Angel. Oh, right, right. Well, she no, was, yeah. it was Fred and the goddess that took over Fred. That was but an entirely it, different character. I understand that, but it's saying it's it it became, and then it's in Buffy season nine. Right, on the, she popped up again, but that wasn't actually her. But it was still based on Amy Acker. Yeah, Amy Acker is coming to the role of Shield. Do you know? I do. Yeah. Okay. In, in what is, like, once this is announced to everybody, it's like, that is such a no-brainer. Because, really, she's going to play the cellist girlfriend of Agent Coulson. And the funny thing is that, really, in the Avengers, when he said, I've been seeing a cellist, I was like, oh, Amy Acker's going to be in this movie. And then it didn't happen. And Coulson got killed. I hope that's no spoiler to people. <laughs> uh, and Coulson got killed. I was like, oh, we'll never see that, you know. And, I, and then I forgot about it. And then they announced it and went, Oh, yeah. Well, wasn't she always? I mean, it's just such an obvious. It, it, it's such an obvious Joss Whedon choice, but a good one. Yeah, because I think she's a great actress, and uh, so no, she was great. I mean, she's she's. I'm hoping she's not going to just be a Fred takeoff. I mean, I mean, I'd like to see her play a little more I, stable. I character. can't imagine that he'd do that honestly. Although there has to be something stunning about you believed your boyfriend was dead. Yeah. And then he's not, and he doesn't know what's going on. So, but Nate did say there was a, there was some alien news about Shield. That's right, right. at yeah. Paley Fest. Oh, which Dave Tapia uh, got to go to, but I did not. So Dave Tapia went, and Dave Tapia actually pointed it out to me. Good for Dave. He? No, somebody else did. Never mind. No credit to Dave. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dave. Uh, but Sky. And the panel discussion revealed what the blue alien was. What? Yes. Okay. Is it anything we were expecting? It's exactly what we were expecting. Cool. Cree? Yeah. She called she it said. Cree. Okay, so it's got to be a time with Guardians of the Galaxy. So, In fact, I can read you. Oh, please do. 
Her exact quote. Do it. Do it. <clears throat> I know that the alien was a Cree, as we all know, as they say it. I know I was injected from serum made from that, and I'm cured, and to normal humans like Colson, he almost died. But for some reason, nothing happened. Oh, so, I didn't even piece sh- together. That's why. Yeah. So she is not a normal human. Which we already knew apparently. that. We knew that. And then uh, she said she would love to be in the Avengers. <laughs> Any actor or actress in their right mind would want to be in the Avengers. You know? Yeah. So, I so would that. love for her to not be in the Avengers. I would agree with you because I don't think horrible. she's... You know, I, I, I would really like to good. see like them find a role for Russell Brand in the Avengers. Are you messing with me? Yes. Any actor would love to find that. Okay, here's the challenge. You want me to find a place for Ross Browns? Give me 15 seconds. Char- what character Deadpool. would... Deadpool. And, and that can't happen. Why not? Fox owns him. Oh. He's an X-Men package. A character in Avengers that could be, that could, that could be Russell Brand. Don't mock me because I think Russell Brand's a fantastic... Uh, I think he's a fantastic art, 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 actor to play multiple types of roles. I think he'd just be... Yeah. I think it'd be an interesting energy if you had... The right character. Um, yeah. That's not a joke to me. I, I take that very seriously. I take Russell Brand very seriously. I'll, I'll, I'll have something about the end of this round. Maybe something to write in. Let's, let's leave it yeah, out okay. today. <laughs> write in. To who edit should t- Russell Brand who should, who should Russell Brand play in, in, the, uh, in the Marvel... I guess we can open it up to the, uh, the to Marvel the, UK, the Marvel, the Marvel Universe in general, which includes the uh, the Netflix uh, shows as well. He could play Death's Head. Hmm. Oh man, yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> Death's Head. Okay, so I don't. You know, nobody's talking about the Marvel UK, and uh, I just want to say uh, because we notice people pay attention. When we talk about Doctor Who. Uh, Mark Gaddis is writing two episodes for Peter Capaldi's season. There is a Death's Head Doctor Who connection, isn't there? There is. Doctor Who made a mainstream Marvel appearance, dropping Death's Head off at the doorstep of the Avengers or something at some point. Wasn't there also a Dalek killer series? Absalom, Dak, And I believe there was a crossover with Death's Head in that. I think so. I think so. When Marvel had the right. That's yeah. probably not legally in continuity anymore. Hmm. But, uh, and you know, there's an interesting thing going on. To go back to comics, when you talk about Doctor Who, I've been following this. So we know that IDW lost the Doctor Who license. Yes. Titan Books, which is a British publishing company, got the rights to do comics. So they're going to do two com- two simultaneous titles. They're going to do a 10th Doctor and an 11th Doctor title. And then they might do a third, which would be a, a Peter Capaldi. Okay? But here's the weird thing. BBC, which still runs Doctor Who magazine, which has a Doctor Who comic strip in it, will then not allow them to distribute the hard copies of their comics in the UK. Say that again. So the British publisher, Titan Books, is printing, now has the rights to do Doctor Who comic books which they will be releasing in the United States, but they are not allowed to release in hard copy. They can't control digital distribution. You can go on to Comixology and order them if you were in England. Who's in charge of these rules? Is it, is it the like BBC. a character from Alice in Wonderland or something? The BBC 
because they don't want to infringe upon the sales of their own Doctor and Who magazine, do, off with their which head. has a separate Doctor Who comic strip in it. That's weird. That is insane. You'd think it was the U.S. government. You'd so, think. Or DC. And lastly, let's talk about games. The Marvel Puzzle Quest. Yes. Dark Rain. It's an app that is currently free for limited play. No, 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 yeah, full, full play, but you can only play for a certain amount of time before your characters have to rest up. I call that limited play. Okay. So, I do have game news that David Tapia did give us. Okay. So I'll do a quick thing on Puzzle Quest when we go to that. Okay. The, the Puzzle Quest game is um, it's, it's, it's a genre that's been around for a little while. They're, they're basically, these are games that are built on things like Bejeweled. Where you're trying to find patterns within the jewels and yeah, that's what it looked like to and me. And explode, yeah. and basically they have symbols on them for the different Avengers. And when you when you connect the ones of a simple symbol like Iron Man, then Iron Man will make an attack, or Black Widow will. Oh, switch they've in. added an interesting twist to yeah. the bejeweled game. So you're play. fighting. You're fighting uh, in in early in the game. You're fighting uh, the the agents of Hammer. And you're also fighting, potentially fighting Doctor Doom. Although the initial one was is with a training robot, but the I uh, hate that. But the uh, the the mechanic behind this is if you want to buy more resurrections, buy more heals, um, you pay a little bit. You pay like two dollars for a hundred. It's actually uh-huh. they show pennies as the cost in this. So you buy a hundred pennies in the game to buy additional heals and stuff. And that's okay. and if you don't want to buy those, you don't have to. You just have to not play it for an hour or two, and then you're right. you're here. And you'll actually, if you're if you've set it up to get you notifications, you'll, your phone will notify you when your characters are ready to play again. So oh. it's kind of fun. You build in as you go along. You 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 gain. You unlock additional characters. So, like, right. you start off with Iron Man, and you get Black Widow, and Hawkeye shows up, and you... you I know. think something like that, that that allows for a limited amount of time actually makes sense to me, because then I could turn away from the game. Because those are the kinds of yes. games that are stupidly addictive. Like, you don't even notice how much time you've spent. Right. It's, it's like popcorn for your brain. You know, it's just like, I'll just have another kernel and another. I thought popcorn was popcorn for my brain. Yeah. No. All right. So, Nate, what's your game? Oh, but the, again, uh, sorry, the Puzzle Quest is available for free download iTunes for and iPod and iPhone and, and Google and Play. Google Play for Android. All yeah. right. Nathan? Okay. Per David Tapia. Yes. Hey, dude, Platum.com Avenger Alliance version is closing on April 20th. Along with several other Platum.com games, the oh, Facebook like, versions will still live on. Interesting. They got their budget. I think it cut. was part of the layoff they announced at Platum. Yeah, because Platum <laughs> sucks because I was level two seventy. Platum was uh, let is owned by Disney, right, or licensed by Disney for something? I believe so. And so, yeah, they, it is not paid off in the way that Disney had hoped. And there was a bloodbath in in Disney Interactive. There's there's no question of that. So Disney Infinity's doing well, but the rest of Disney Interactive they just they slice to the bone. Hmm. So and played on that's interesting because you know they they've been advertising like do you want to do test playing over here in the Bay Area and they contacted me like three times asking if I wanted to test play and I said yes and I've never and I saw, I saw my son up too and never never gotten a thing. So I don't think they were moving forward with anything very efficiently. Huh. Had a good advertising budget. 
So that's interesting. That's interesting. So sorry about that for Avengers Assemble. I'm sorry, Nate. I so. play on Facebook, so I'm fine. Oh, you're okay. Then what are you, yeah, what are you whining about then? Okay. I wasn't whining. I was reporting a news story, <laughs> well, Derek. The, well, you said, well, it sucks because you're like level 270. So I, that uh, part no, was that a whine. Was, that was Dave's message to me. He said sucks because uh, I'm level 270. Well, where else are you playing if not on Facebook? On Playdom.com. Oh, on Play. Okay. On their webpage. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I didn't. I, yeah, they. Yeah. Have, you can. So if you go to Playdom.com, they have a whole list of their games that are the exact same games that are already on Facebook. So if you're playing it on Facebook and you go over to Playdom.com, are you still under the same account? Do you have your same characters? Nope. Okay, you so have it's entirely separate accounts. Well, that would be problematic too, I guess. Okay. Yep. Well, all right. Um, let's end it on a good note. We should talk uh, about what's coming up in two episodes. In two episodes of Fanboy Planet. Oh, we are at this is three forty eight. Yes. So next week will be three forty nine. Forty nine. And then what's after three forty nine? Well April Fools. No, it's April second. Actually three forty nine will be able to talk about Captain America the Winter Soldier like the rest of the country. There we go. Because uh, Rick and I will be seeing it on April first. Nate, you're just not here. I'm sorry. You know, I'm frustrated because I have uh, David Fowley, our, our, the guy who writes uh, reviews from Chicago. They got it last week. They got to see it uh, last Thursday. What? Yeah. And, and the rest of the world, has it's opened. And I'm, yeah, I've, I've, heard, been, I've been hearing a lot of people talking about it already. People are just loving it. So, Saying they like it better than the Avengers. And this is the best so far. We're just like, look, yep. if you keep raising the bar yeah. and each one gets better and better, That's I'm, I'm okay with that. That's the way you do it. I'm okay with that. So, anyway, 349. And then we're going to have to take a couple of weeks hiatus. Maybe three weeks. We're trying to figure this out, as listeners. I know you can. You can survive. Go back and listen to old episodes. There'll be three hundred forty-nine episodes you can pick from as we build up to three fifty. Mainly because of a scheduling problem. Of should we my do like? A, should we repost like links to like the best of? You know, I don't think that would be. But you know, that's up to you. Uh, that's <laughs> that's like. It's easy for me to say. You know what? I'd love to have you do like a best of episode. Just take old ones. So if you could just Rick, just with all your spare time, yeah, your Pachakich is done. I mean, you know, I've got another one, and I've got another no, one on April fifteenth. But you know, I listen. You're not doing anything. Sure not. Just listen to three hundred forty nine episodes and, and bring the high points together into one good mega episode before we go to three fifty. No. You know what you could do is edit just the very beginning, like the listen up fanboy, like. Two hours of limits. From whatever they said in episode one. I don't know how you guys even... I've, I'm going to admit I've never listened to any episode prior to when it I It starts came with heavy breathing in the back of a car. So we'll go with That's from not issue true, one though. all the way through issue 349, just the beginnings. We had different beginnings. Yeah. You know? There so, you go. And it'd be good to hear. Although it would be interesting because I think you might pick up where All Man in Los Angeles came from. Because the BBC ones uh, have, uh, they're not officially numbered in there, but they do exist. And so right. there was, there was all, I was the original all man in Los Angeles because I couldn't convince them that I wasn't in Los Angeles. So, <laughs> <laughs> and Dave and Jamie, if you're listening to these podcasts, man, I miss you guys. I want to do the show again. Uh, but anyway, anyway, so we're going to schedule 350 to make it a Sunday afternoon here. Uh, we've talked to Paul about it. We just got to figure out what Sunday uh, seven, seven stars, stars. spar and grill. Uh, probably going to be after Easter though, because when you look at how everything goes, it's uh, my, we're going on Easter break. We we're going to take it. We're going to take a little break because WonderCon is Easter weekend, and then so we'd be back uh, probably probably April thirtieth. 
Uh, seems the most logical Sunday. Wow. I no April twenty eighth. I'm sorry. I think that's a, that's a Sunday. I should look at that. But anyway, it, it's gonna be there's gonna be a little hiatus, and we'll know better next week. So watch the Facebook page. Watch so stick the with website. us. Stick with us. Uh, watch the Facebook page, even though of course we've now learned that uh, Facebook is probably cutting down, so only six percent of you see what we're posting on Facebook. And anyway. But if you've got questions, comments, compliments, criticism, commentary, you'd like to come attend the 350th podcast, please write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. And, of course, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please subscribe, please rate us, please tell your friends. Same thing on the Stitcher app. If you're listening on the Stitcher, please rate us and subscribe there. Add us to your playlist if you're one of those who does Stitcher regularly. And you can just find us at www.fanboyplanet.com where you will also find a little PayPal donation button. You are welcome, welcome to donate anything you'd like over to PayPal or pick up something off an Amazon link. The other thing that I would say there is, of course, if you are not already uh, following us on Facebook, do. And Twitter, which is at Fanboy Planet. Pretty simple. Follow us on Twitter. So I thank you for listening again. Of course, this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I am Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only, only for, for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. I wasn't whining. I was reporting a news story, Derek. Hi, this is Todd Lucas. And BJ Fairchild of, of Eternity. Eternity. Reminding you to use your power. Only for good! Woo! What's wrong with me? Okay, we'll just repeat the process. All right, I'll fix Why now. Why does he get a comfortable chair? He's got the stash. That's true, too. He looks way too comfortable. I'm like I got the clappable. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, okay. I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just, no, relax. Relax. Come on. Relax. <laughs> Eric, I'm kidding. No, no, I'm so you, you can display some divaness. This is our chance to be it. Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, I still want it. There you go. <laughs> he he wants a foot rest. Can I sit on something? But he's going to... Yeah, he's gonna, <laughs> you're going to be so much Christ, further away from the mic, Eric. Come on. No, come on. Yeah, yeah. Don't get carried away with the demon. Seriously, he's already... In Give me permission and I go for it. <laughs> right? You can lock it so it doesn't lean back also. Okay. okay. Back. We are definitely recording. <laughs> We're definitely recording. All right. Uh... That's why you drink scotch and I don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, our guest this week, we... Uh, we interviewed them. How do you say that? We we interviewed them fictionally last week, and uh, so thank you so much. And we wish all the best for eternity and for both you guys. Thank you very much. Thank Derek. you very much for having yeah. us. We... I'm just waiting to see if we have any additional choice things. Yeah, um, no, where are the women? Wait, yeah, where work. are the women? <laughs> Catchphrase. Uh, let's get maybe Todd and BJ doing our oh, there closer. You so we have a very complex bumper that we have people record and it's because our call our, our our sign out is use your powers only for good that's the only part that throws people out use your only only use your powers for good. Use your powers only for good exactly you're professional. you're you're professional yeah so. 
can sing it. Oh no! <laughs> okay, okay, because okay. this is, would then top the 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 top we've ever had was that'd be a third. Let's do one each, and then then you can harmonize. Because uh, uh. I would I would I would just have to back you up. I, then you would really get the only. I would you, I would I would oh, yes. I would have to be the let it happen. Okay. Only for okay. good. Like, yeah, let it. Oh, let well, it play happen. with it. Play with it. We're recording. It's. It's going to go for another four hours without. Yeah, that's right. So you just want me to say, say those say words? This, this is Todd. We say no, no. this is Barry Craig, no, no. or this is Todd Lucas of Eternity, reminding you to use your powers only for good. This is Todd Lucas and and BJ. I'll Fairchild. say oh, this is Todd Lucas and BJ Fairchild of Eternity of Eternity. We'll both say of okay. Eternity of Eternity, and then we'll both say use your use, powers, use your powers only for good, or separate. Reminding you, you reminding you to, to use your powers, use your powers only for good. All right, okay. This is Todd Lucas and B.J. Fairchild of, of Eternity, Eternity reminding you to use your powers only for good. Excellent. Hey, you're supposed to be reminding you to use your powers <laughs> we do it again? only for good. No, sing, it, sing it, sing it, sing it. I want right. to <laughs> make love, not just sex. So oh, Sing it to private eyes. <laughs> use your powers. Use your powers only for good. Only for good. Only for good. <laughs> okay, I don't know. So this is Todd Lucas. Nerdgasm. No, 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 no. Let's do that. Let's do. Oh, I was gonna sing it though. Oh, oh, okay. How would you do that? For you? Um, I was just gonna improv it whenever we got to it. Um, I trust. Okay. You. I trust you. Go. All right. This is Todd Lucas and BJ Fairchild Remind of Eternity. You. Oh, Mom! come on! Welcome. <laughs> this is Todd Lucas and BJ Fairchild of, of Eternity. Eternity. Reminding you to use your powers only for good. Oh, I messed that up. Hold on. That's all right. <laughs> we got yeah. time. We're going. <laughs> I got you. I got it. I'm going to do the first part and you do that part. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is Todd Lucas. And BJ Fairchild. From Eternity. Eternity. Reminding you to use your powers. <laughs> Let's try this one more time. So close to beautiful. <laughs> Well, I gotta find a, I gotta find a, I gotta find a note to use. Well, I'm just, I was, that was terrible. Huh? Using your powers, using your powers. Okay. It's reminding you to use your powers. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, this is Todd Lucas, and oh, I almost said Michael Olivier. My turn. That okay. my, was my turn. Here we go. Right. <clears throat> Hi, this is Todd Lucas and B.J. Fairchild of, of Eternity. Eternity. Reminding you to use your power only for good. Woo! Excellent. That it. was it. There it was. That was the money. That's that's in the top three bumpers we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna be on for a couple of weeks as the bumper. Uh oh. Security. Security. I mean, I've been singing in a lot of hotel rooms and gotten in trouble. <laughs>